Field. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here with Mark Moody in his wonderful home in Forest of Dean in the United Kingdom. And we're talking about the field of agrohomeopathy, which has been his passion. And so I'm going to let Mark free flow with his conversation on what is agrohomeopathy? Why are you so passionate about it? Where do you think it's going? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess it started because I'd heard lots of people claiming things. Mm. And I really wanted to... Uh, see what worked uh, and so I thought uh, you know it'd really be a good idea to collect these stories in some format and um, a lot of a, a lot of this of course would come from Lily Calisco and Biodynamics and then of course from primarily Glenn uh, Glenn came over to the UK and gave Glenn his course Atkinson. Glenn Atkinson excuse me <laughs> yeah. um, and then I went to see uh, someone in Texas which is you know a very different experience but the name I think came from Cavarage because uh, I just found an old permaculture you know report of a, one of the international permaculture gatherings and uh, those similicure was what they called themselves and they said that they had a uh, burgeoning materia medica and repertory and this was Shauna Gorman uh, who I think, it, it, when I've tried to Google him on his own, he was doing a little bit, but as, he's kind of ill himself. And Cavarage, when uh, he was using his, his uh, given name of Ben Rosendahl. Oh, that was his given name, Ben Rosendahl. Yeah, Cavarage is uh, from his spiritual discipline, which is kind of Hindu thing, and it means King of the Healers, and Vaikuntanath is, uh, I, I forget what it was exactly. but he didn't, So he goes by either name, it's no big secret. Uh, but I, I, I was really keen to find out about what this Materia Medica is because to get a form for all these different stories so that you can find your way without having to read the whole damn book but you know be able to find your way into I've got carrots, I've got carrot root fly, my soil is this you know, you, you've got to structure that information quite carefully and the homeopaths, I'm sure you know have their Materia Medica is huge you know, books of, of uh, this remedy does headache in the left temple stimulated after coffee, worse in the morning, better heat, sleeps with the windows open even in the coldest time of the you know, all these little details on and on and on. And then the repertory is a kind of index, so everyone who every remedy that benefits from sleeping by an open window when it's a really even if it's freezing cold, uh, you know, it would list list the variety of remedies. So they're kind of like indexes to each other. So uh, just because I was familiar with that as a as a student of homeopathy, that's why that format struck me as an attractive way for someone who um, wanted to find the right remedy for the particular problem that was looking them in the face. Mm. So uh, I, I can't remember actually where, you know, it was in talking to Caviraj, I went over to Amsterdam where he was at the time. Now uh, this is before your book on Hugo? But no, it was after Herbe. Okay, but didn't Herbe kind of wasn't he an agrohomeopathist in his own way? <clears throat> uh, you know, I wouldn't claim them as uh, sailing under that flag. Erba okay. would have never heard that name. But you know, agrohomeopathy is not not a uh, a club. It's anyone or any activity that's using uh, potentized remedies for the soil. So um, you know, it's well after biodynamics, but biodynamics fits in there. So you know, they're they're in the materia medica and repertory. Uh, Erba, you know, some of those are fairly material doses or low potencies, but that's cool. You know, it's 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 um, 
it maybe identifies itself in opposition to the heavy chemicals. You know, these are very light touch things that are either physically um, so attenuated there's hardly anything there, or no possibility that there's anything there. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, uh, it, it pulls from lots of different schools. Mm. But there's the format to get those different schools and the stories that work to uh, putting them all together. So from the empirical point of view, i.e. following in the footsteps of those who may have sussed it or just got lucky to see if it, it also works for oneself. I was oneself. reading that it was Hanuman's son-in-law mm-hmm. that discovered agrohomeopathy. Did you ever read that? Is this, I don't know who his son-in-law is. Is that I- von Berninghausen? I don't know if I ever heard his name. It was just that when he was out potentizing remedies on a and drying, hmm. and the son-in-law would go and throw all the other ones out, and suddenly he noticed this change and oh, the various agri, you know, on the various fields and things, the ditches that he was dumping it in. Oh, okay, well, uh, not a story I've heard. But if if you if you find a source, I'd love to find I'll have out to remember because where I, I read that. The know? only the only. Uh, thing that Kavaraj talked about was a, 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 a rel- relatively uh, early homeopath called von Berninghausen, who, who was, you know, has his own Materia Medica, uh, who owned land, I think, in the States at some point. Well, this was, well, anyway, I'll have to find that source. I just yeah, if you could, uh, figured that was known mm, yeah. by you and everybody. <laughs> well, not by me. Or I've forgotten it. You know, no, I'm pretty sure I haven't had that one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, so... It could. It, it, it wasn't just biodynamics. It wasn't just homeopathy. It was homeopathy for the land and incorporated. So, the term came about in conversation, and it's the one that's stuck. You know, there's loads of different names it could have had. It's not a particularly attractive name. Agro over here is aggression, <laughs> but oh. agri homeopathy maybe it should have been or something totally I different. A G R I. Yeah, I mean it's it's no, no, it's can, no we biggie. We still are at the point in this, this field <laughs> where we can choose. Well, how we want people to know it. For, for instance, the people in Brazil don't like the name, or one or two have suggested it wasn't very good because it suggests it's different from homeopathy in some way. And they say homeopathy for plants, para yeah. plantas, you know. Is, it's no biggie. It's kind of what should we call the band? I don't care. It's what tunes we're playing is the important <laughs> thing. Well, and it's not just, I mean, it would be for the soil also. And it's one of the things Hugh points out about biodynamics it's for the atmosphere. That's part of the missing link that people forget, is that we're mm. also treating the atmosphere with yeah. remedies. Well, it is interesting uh, to have an umbrella name that draws from different traditions. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't be obvious to a homeopath, that you're treating the atmosphere, because uh, the patient is the specimen of plant in front of you that's struggling. Um uh, and why, for instance, there's this issue that uh, Kaviraj said, you know, you wouldn't shower in the remedy, you drink the darn thing, so you give the re- remedy to the plants, not to the leaves. But, you know, there's the stoma at but the bottom. But he doesn't of the have biodynamics in his background. Well, funnily enough, he does have a bit, you know, he wasn't fully aware, but, you know, he's certainly, his 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 major suit is the homeopathy. You know, he lived, breathed and everything since his own. He, did you hear the story of how he came across it? Oh, he's probably like me. He almost almost died. Perfect. Yeah, he was dying in India. You know, yeah. he was he was sh- shitting for Britain or for yeah. for Holland or wherever he was from at the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and nothing was sorting it out until he went to some guy uh, who gave him a little pill. And Cavaraj uh, tells it that he went back every day after sorting out his guts. And um, and the guy said, "Well, you keep turning up at dawn asking these questions." 
you must be keen why don't you come to the clinic and work and so then Kavaraj learnt with this guy uh, and then took over the rural clinic and so he worked in India seeing loads of people you know they don't give an hour of tell me about your childhood you know it's yeah. I see you you need this you need they're that they're not you constitution know. they're well they can be constitutional but they, they, they're pretty rapid fire because it's not a lot of people who want to get into their stuff it's yeah. uh, you know I can see you're not uh, thriving uh, and by the look in your eyes and the way you walk your silica, your nuts, you know, yeah. th- th- it's it's much more rapid. So you know, Cavaraj, he he also did the uh, the festivals. You know, when all the kids are getting psychotic on some chemical and powder and whatever, he'd do all of those, and he you know had the grill clinic. He he totted up the number of people he thought he'd treated, and it was some phenomenal number. You know, he, he's he's a man with a lot of experience. But anyway, you know, it was, it was talking to him and then taking his. Um, his uh, nascent materia medica and repertory that 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 that's how I kind of put it really started but also BD now has to take a lot of the credit because um, there was a lot of people from all over the world sharing sharing stories of what they did or what they think's going on it's, you know there's nothing in BD now any of a our chat forum begun by Alan Bellier a dynamic farmer yeah and it's still available for people. I think it's a, is it through Yahoo, right? It's, it's now on Yahoo. Yeah. It used to be on also the other platforms, and yeah. there's a, it's got a drama and a story of its own. Yes. <laughs> but you know, the point was there was lots of people who were, uh, you know, South Africans, Americans, Canadians, English-speaking people, occasionally some who barely speak in English, sharing stories. So it wasn't just whoever you happen to meet when you're on a BD farm or somewhere mm-hmm. else. You know, a good pl- way and to gather stories. And people that weren't afraid to step out and experiment hmm. beyond the prescribed biodynamic yeah. formulas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was and still is part of it. Yeah, but you know, and, and it's part of that. Oh, I can do, I can do this. I can do that. Well, come on, show me. Or if you have done it. Is it repeatable on all soils, or why was that the, the business at that particular time? And why did was that effective? So, what would the Brazilians call it? As they a call discipline? it homeopathy for plants. Homeopathy for plants. Para okay. los pl- las plantas, or something. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nothing to be considered. I mean, you know, because the name. I, well, I am. I'm passionate about this. I know mm. that we're on the stepping stone of the future here. And we're, it's coming forward, and it will come forward out of just dire need. Okay, I mean, it's great you're passionate about it. I couldn't give a monkey's chuff what it's called. What I am ex- excited about is the rigor, so that, um, the, uh, you know, the barriers to it spreading are uh, clarity on when it's efficacious um, and enough information so that there is a precedent that anyone can get hold of. So if they have another problem similar, they can at least don't have to start from scratch. That's right. And start again. So no, that's so why you're building Materia Medica on your yeah, why considera.org website. Thank you very much for the plug. <laughs> and uh, anyone can add to if they've got an experience. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got to be open source. That's another beauty of uh, homeopathy. You know, it's not uh, people with their formulations top secret. It, everyone's shared. Uh, you know, there's all these thousands of homeopaths all over the world have put their work together in one book or you know yeah. various and editions I, and I'm of curious, a book. It was very interesting and, and I haven't done it in a couple of years now and I probably should redo it because people do appreciate it downloading so much of that Brazilian research which mm-hmm. is published mm-hmm. 
onto our website and um, is I mean, just what they did homeopathically with Agent Orange, for instance. Mm -hmm. What's that story? What did they do? Oh, well, they, it's a growth enhancer. Mm -hmm. When it's done, when it's, I think, uh, maybe it's... So it's, they potentized Agent yes, Orange? Yes, they potentized it. Oh, you've got to go on our website and look mm. at it. Oh, look at mine. Yeah, that's... <laughs> what I did is also, you know, get all the academic papers I could find. Yeah. And put them in a, you know, a big silo that just, just accesses the papers on Dropbox or, you know, if, if they weren't openly available. So there's about three or four hundred papers now from, with the, in the academic tradition, peer-reviewed. Oh, will you please English. send me something so I know how to access that? It's just if you go to considera.org, forum.html, and then it says something like academic papers, and there's really? biodynamic ones, homeopathic ones, and then I've got a little, some, some things don't fit in those nice, nice neat categories, so other related papers. Well, it's probably that same Brazilian research is in there. Isn't oh, it? a lot of it is in there, yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't be surprised if I'm asking you about something I've already put up, but yeah, that's to read them all is... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. With all your time. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah because I mean, the, when you start thinking about the potential, you know, of what, how agriculture could rapidly change, I mean, yeah. what Dr. Warris um, has approached, and I, it sounds, do you think it's as successful as they say it is? I, I mean, teaching know. cotton bowls and... Yeah, well, the mealybug was the big dip, was the big one that they made the breakthrough with, as far as I can see. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, if if you know, like with homeopathy, there's loads of people who kind of ho hum. Maybe a little bit better for a while afterwards because it hasn't been nailed. If the, those spectacular successes uh, are widely known, and then the reason why they're so spectacularly successful is elucidated, so you know, even if you haven't got exactly the same issue you can know how you have to adapt your approach to get that spectacular success based on you know, the, the, the theory or the reasoning, then yes, wonder, it would be I revolutionary. Mean, listening to the conversation with Hugh mm -hmm. and the effect of the biology mm -hmm. on, say, well, everything, the growth cycle, the, mm -hmm. which obviously would affect the insect mm -hmm. infestation, mm -hmm. you know, can you just say, again, the silver bullet, just mm -hmm. treat it with a set of remedies? Yeah. Which, quite often, all of his remedies, by the way, had mother tincture in them. Okay. A lot of them have neem oil. Are we talking about Dr. Warris now? Dr. Warris' yes. remedies. Yeah. Because, you know, I've mm. got the whole set. And, yeah. And, and, and see, and I've been wondering, you know, can you replicate those without the neem oil? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some mother tincture. Plus, you know, when I went to school in homeopathy... Like almost anything, according to those days, could antidote a remedy. Yes. And so I, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Breathe wrong, you can antidote yeah, the remedy. Yeah, wrong toothpaste. Yes, exactly. Walk past a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. A little peppermint. That's why I wondered about neem oil, particularly. Yeah, it, I mean, he, when I talked to him about that, he was saying that it was more to do with a way to materially identify the solution. It was to, to add something like color or uh, yeah, something did. in material dose so you know which remedy in your your stock cupboard you're dealing with oh isn't that interesting because they are different colors yeah 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 so you know it's a question you know c colors have a chemical uh, property as well you know yeah. if we go back to the toothpaste and all this malarkey um as we go to orosoma in a couple of days 
There you go. Yes. So you know that. Well, I mean, this is another of the problem. There's, we were talking before lunch about the need for a Rosetta Stone. So Hugh is looking at soil biology and mineral analysis, etc. That's his way in. Glenn has come from a big cosmological, periodic table, astrology. That those are his roots in, which doesn't immediately uh, uh, map onto uh, the soil biology. And then you've got Enzo working from another different angle. God yeah. knows where, you know, every, look, Dr. Warris from, you know, sticking to Hahnemann and Kaviraj as well. If it wasn't in the Organon, I'm not that interested, actually. Uh, you know, these are people looking at the same issue with essentially the same tools. Um, but the ability to speak to each other in each other's language or approach is, is limited. Well, I'd like to go back. I'll be in the States now again for four months, and I'd like to go back to having those conversations on the phone. Except yeah. I want to do it through um, phone conference calling because the, the Skype thing is just... Screwed. It's almost there, isn't it? Well, mm. Skype just got too bad. And it's mm. so many of the farmers mm. in Australia, that their Internet's so challenged yeah. that we really have to... I mean, people are just going to have to pay whatever it costs. I mean, yeah. We can't afford to be doing international phone conversations, but if you want to join, pay whatever the cost is mm-hmm. for your particular participation. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not making money at it, but at least... Because I, I found those conversations quite interesting. That was good, yeah. yeah. It just got frustrating. I mean, when mm. you, Courtney, couldn't get on and yeah. then on yeah. and off. Yeah. And so yeah. I think we have to just... Move. My girls would be chomping in the bit because they have to stop doing their Instagram because I needed the bandwidth and all those right. sort of things. So. exactly. So yeah, I think we can that, try it with the phones. I think so. I'll have mm. to do a little work on that. You know, after Christmas and see, because people love that, mm-hmm. and um, we, you know, maybe we could bring some of those Brazilians on. Yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, not all of them have the English, of course, and, I, yeah. and my Portuguese is shit. <laughs> uh, but there's a few of them. Yeah, I think. We, well, we could tell us with. and see if we can approach them. I'm going to mm. miss Doctor Wars. Yeah, is his son <laughs> at uh, the? Dr. Warris's son, yeah, Dr. Arsan Warris, he's, uh, he has some English, uh, but not as good as Dr. Warris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe he, he would, we, could, he, we can invite him, see if he wants to, see if he can hang in there. Now, the, the, the group in um, Australia, I guess that's one, Kaibarage was with them, because mm-hmm. they're putting out a whole line of agrohomeopathy remedies. Who's doing this? It's a homeopathic company in, in Australia. All oh, right, yeah. And well, it's somebody he lived with. I mean, they were okay. his devotees, I guess. Colleagues, whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's just yeah. my word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep a name like Kai Barrage. You're going to call them devotees. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. his colleagues, okay. Yeah, keep it. Uh, with, I'm kind of hoping to move it to a different tradition from devotees and belief and dogma. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think I'm going to win on my own like that. <laughs> Well, keep following through. How how did how long in Brazil has this actually been, you know, in the university studies? Because this is that was a huge yeah. amount of academians that came together. Yeah, uh, there's two main departments. From what I've understood, there's two universities that have departments of homeopathy, uh, and this they're small. You know, there's not it's not like a sprawling campus just of homeopaths. But you know they there was um, uh, at government level there, there was a request to um, you know bring them in from the cold. So there are a couple of professors and some research money and postgrad and undergrad students all trying real, things all the time. And some real good academic papers too. Yeah, 
publication. And and that's that's both got the the uh, the benefits and the hindrance of, of the academic process. Mm. Uh, you know that that you know the benefits is they are trying stuff. They're doing the stats. They're um, uh, you know doing the numbers is the important thing. That the the, the possibility of deluding yourself is reduced somewhat <laughs> but then they are thinking within that a very much a single paradigm of uh, an objective effect stand back that the that the um, practitioner is not part of the experiment as much as possible you know, all those academic uh, questions and and it's a debate about you know how much that is going to be effective that's going to always be interesting because if you yeah. listen to an explanation of quantum physics, hmm. then you know the, the the observer and the observed are not separate. Absolutely, yeah. And, and the observer definitely affects the outcome. Yes, so you know, so that means it's placebo of some kind of way, and, and therefore it's is de- denigrated in the academic tradition. Now, the academics are slowly, and certainly, you know, in quantum physics and stuff like that, that that objectivity has been challenged sufficiently for a sufficient amount of time by the big knobby guys who get the Nobel Prizes for there be, to be some openness. Mm-hmm. But home, to call something placebo or to say it's because of the effect of practitioner, then that is usually a, 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 a pejorative uh, statement. It's not actually in the final analysis anything to do with the remedy. It's you know the, it's placebo. Uh, so uh, there's still that uh, area to be elucidated, I think, and to be accepted. You know, for, but for for let's say Enzo, he's he's quite clear that it's uh, an alchemical art, and you can't transform outside of yourself what you haven't worked on within yourself mm-hmm. you know, so the, the in order to become a better person a better practitioner you have to get your shit together whereas a, as a lab assistant as long as you're not contaminating your your the, the experiment it doesn't matter if you're uh, you know got a porn habit or what you know it's just well we're talking about energetics here that's the difference uh yeah well you know that ground needs to be elucidated so that the academic folk can come on board because at the moment that's that's highly contentious, and uh, you know at this point in the conversation, the academics saying, "Oh, I told you so. It's just a belief system. It's not real." <laughs> you well, know, that's the way it is. That, isn't it? We've seen homeopathy work on animals, yeah, so well that you can't mm. just dismiss it as a placebo. Well, they do. Maybe they can't, but they do. <laughs> no, there's, for instance, to you know, m- most of us are boffins living at, living off. A very small income because we don't have access to the research world because of this feeling that there's science over there which deals with facts and the homeopaths and, and the other type are into very bizarre beliefs and it's all sloppy weak-minded thinking you know slight parody but not much there are 22 so, homeopathic universities in india yeah that's great Things are changing, and we'll see. You know, but uh, if 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 I look at what's available for people who are working with plants now, if you're not doing genome research, then do not even bother knocking on the door. You know, if I stick my hand up and say, "What about homeopathy in plants?" You know, they they might politely restrain their giggles, but they're not going to sign a check and say, "Good lad, yeah, finally someone's doing that." It doesn't enjoy a good reputation still, mm. and I'm sure it's the same in Australia. And, you know, it'll be time and power of numbers and up to us as boffins in our sheds doing a good job uh, showing that we can replicate it 
and you know the more that happens then the more they're going to have to sit up and look and so at the conference in brazil i mean who was it all the academia was it farmers who attended both both Both, yeah yeah quite a lot of academics because it was a university held thing right but yeah the growers from all over the place one or two biodynamic people some vets um, yeah yeah good range I mean, homeopathic veterinary medicine is very well accepted. Mm. I mean, even in Blairsville, Georgia, we have a vet that practices homeopathy, yeah. chiropractic, mm-hmm. and mm. nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah, yeah. pretty well accepted. Um, yeah, it's, it's, well, I wonder if it's accepted or it's kind of an irritant that for a lot of people, it's an irritant that hasn't gone away for some bizarre reason. They're, they're amazed that we're still around, and, you know. Uh, well, the national standards in Australia allows for homeopathy. Great, you know. It, you know, for, for our organic agriculture, mm, it's considered. Yeah, but I'm, I'm imagining in that process, uh, uh, as it comes to public attention, a lot. some people just say, oh, you know, uh, at least they don't do any harm. Or some will say, well, you know, they some poor sod with a sick cow has gone to a homeopath and they should have gone to a doctor and that delay is going to hurt, hurt mm. the animals. So they, you know, it's actively yeah. quite an active... Uh, front against homeopathy rather than the sort of tolerance of something that's a bit bizarre and can't do any harm. So if if, you know, uh, if people it's are foolish I enough, mean, it was like talking it, about radionics. It's like the kid that wants to farm yeah. all radionically. And I said, wait a minute, you yeah. know what about soil biology? You well, there you go. You you flip flop from the university with their rigor to this this, this kind of new age. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to do it from my bedroom with my my pendulum and everything will be fine. Right, and so so somewhere <laughs> in between, you know, I mean, would this. Now I'm, I'm kind of nervous about calling an agro-homeopathy. That was. But, but no, but I think we should get it right. If I'm going to help promote this well, that's as, what, a, as, a, as an endeavor, then... That's what it's basically known as. Yeah, okay. So I think don't don't be concerned about it. Let's not go change the website yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, it's not a silver bullet. No. I mean, it can, I mean homeopathy will give a profound effect. I've certainly had it. Hmm. But still, if I don't do my own nutrition right, yeah. if I continue, you know, mm. I mean, look at the homeopaths we know that have smoked themselves to death. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, uh, I, d- I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, like I said before, you can't put your magic potion on a car park and expect massive cabbages. It isn't going to work. Yeah, exactly. It's part of a whole system. Exactly. And, and you know, another part of, of the question is what is compatible with it and what is... Uh, a problem for it and there's a kind of broad um, I won't say assumption but you know a a conviction that the chemical agriculture is basically not helpful and organics is but you know there's plenty of room for nailing things in the middle and some interesting tricky thing called agent orange to you know 8x exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah like what yeah, well, even Steiner, you know, in, in the agriculture courses uh, that you can use, um, which one is it, potassium nitrate, is it? Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, he, he's saying for a sick farm, you know, go for it in order yeah. to get it up to up that's to right. somewhere where it's self-maintaining. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that Hugh is doing the work. I mean, a lot mm. of biodynamic, oh, no, that's not. Yeah. But they're sick farms. He's mm. dealing with sick farms before yeah, yeah. they even get to a level to where they can do biodynamics. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I mean about these whole questions of what's what's helpful and what isn't helpful. 
you know, who are the allies uh, and who who are uh, kicking themselves in their own backside. They might use agrohomeopathy or biodynamics, but something else they're doing is uh, taking three steps backwards for every two they're going forward. So you know, oh, there's tons of stuff. Yeah. It is. Well, you know, then yeah. you, and how's the Materia Medica going? Are you still getting a lot of response? Are there people actively experimenting? And not that much. Okay. Uh, it trickles in. Um, okay. And it, it is a bit of a clunky front end, you know, to... to you know, like talking to Hugh, loads of stories, but they're not in there uh, because, um, for, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter what the reason is, but they're well, not anything there. Anything on our website that you see on mm-hmm. articles by you, throw them up there. Usually I do, yeah. You yeah. Know, I've, I've harvested through uh, his Biodynamic Farm book and took stories. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's usually, it's kind of like a series of headlines. So yeah. it might say, okay, five or five has been very good for getting these tomatoes to set fruit when they weren't setting fruit. Yeah. Okay, but it doesn't talk about you. You, you've, you haven't got the full story there. Just the headline. You haven't got the full story about what the soil was like, what potency was used. Exactly. Uh, so you know they're they're kind of waving an arm in the right approximate direction. <laughs> and that was one of the things I find a little bit disconcerting. Of course, you mm. know some of our quantum agriculture guys are going to want to mm. take Warris's stuff. Yeah. And make it radionically. Yeah, fair enough. Well, what is it? Because, you know, he has, like, every, so many different potencies. Did yeah. you notice with his formulas? Yeah. Have you seen his mm-hmm. formulas? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just a mixture of all these different potencies. Mm-hmm. And then he throws in neem oil. Mm-hmm. And then he throws, yeah. you know, and, and you wonder, like, huh? So, so um, uh, in a way, it is, it is fair. And, and no, I think of Glenn. Glenn Atkinson. So he's done all this work over many years uh, with no help, or at least the perception is no help. And um, uh, I think it's great that he get the benefit now of his successes by so. yeah. And so if someone goes and, and copies, <laughs> but if someone, I won't put that to the record. But you know, yeah, I someone, know this is a fact. Yeah, and Been so there. so it isn't fair enough in that instance. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you sweated in for years and you finally got something that usually works, there's no reason I can see that you shouldn't materially benefit. Oh, from I that. sure tried. Mm. I really tried. That's why mm. I brought him to our mm. advanced course for the Dairy mm. Business Center. Mm. I wanted them to, you know, I wanted to work like crazy. I worked for years to try to get that. Mm. The price was just so prohibitive. Alternatively, and you, I'm sure he's told you this. What he told me was that when he he put it at sort of the normal retail thing of what right. it costs plus yeah, you know exactly. the percentage, it was so cheap that people didn't take him seriously. No, I didn't hear that part of it. Okay, well that was a long time Glenn, before. Glenn, if if you listen, I've misrepresented it. Sorry, but this no, is what I understood. That doesn't mean it wasn't so. But he, when he put it up to yeah, it, as I understood, remember it when he put it up to the price of equivalent chemical products, then people start taking it seriously. And, uh, Except that for for farmers, yeah, their price points. There's only yeah, so yeah. much they can afford to put out. But if they can afford the chemical, then yeah. they can afford something that's. Uh, well, that was that was just interesting how our ecology activator came about. Was, mm. Oh, sort of interesting. And Glenn was just 100 percent blessing it. He mm. just couldn't afford it, and mm. we just did the work. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we don't put any alcohol because mm-hmm. they use it up real quick. Mm. See, we're not in the retail business. Mm. He sells by the liter. Yeah. You see, there mm. you have to put alcohol. Yeah. And alcohol in Australia is prohibitively expensive. Mm. 
$40 a liter, $30 a liter. Yeah. For a little vodka. You know. Yeah, I got a license. so Yeah, we um, could get a license. And most of the money is the tax on alcohol. That's right. Yeah. And it's yeah. cheap chips to make in a way. Yeah. And but it, to we, get we could organically make certified stuff. And we might if we hmm. ever want to go into liter. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think, you know, we're, we're poor and we don't care to make a huge amount of money because hmm. we got bigger farms we want to affect. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I totally understand. And, and it's just... What is it? Hugh's whole devotion is, you know, as, as broad and fast as possible. Yeah, no, no, no that's to be applauded. Uh, the alternative is, and there's something Glenn also was quite clear on, that there isn't a big pot for the research. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be that you want to go spend it on Dolce and Gabbana boys on your yacht. Oh you know, no, you... I want the Gabbana boys. <laughs> well, put them in your research lab. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, the point is. Bayer and all these other guys, they make a big profit and therefore they got big R&D budget. And well, also Australia's got all these rules on R&D and, that, and he got slapped down. Glenn mm. got his hands seriously slapped down with potential fines. Yes, yeah. And, and it's, it's terrible. It's like so much research, maybe five years in every state. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, serious. And it's very expensive and you pay mm. all these labs to do it. Mm. And... And I think that's really was his thing. And how can yeah. I pay? But he wasn't putting the money to the research. He was just charging the money and not putting it to the research. So the complaint was, he's right, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, for here, if you if you were to make any label claims. Yeah, and therefore, that was the one. We, yeah. didn't ma- we ever made label claims. We yeah. can't. Because we're not, we label it, but we don't really, because, you know, the only people goes to are these broad acre farmers mm-hmm. and is going into a mix. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, mm. but now our quantum agriculture people yeah. are starting to put put it out to other farmers. Okay. Well, so, you know, there's obviously these words you've got to avoid, like cures or treats, and you know. Oh, exactly. So you get into the Medicines Act, and here it's the Chemical Regulations Division was the Pesticide Safety Directorate. They've set their net for the next DDT, and and you know, we're, I'm glad they're doing that. But if you're basically putting out distilled water from a chemical point of view then they've still got the same rules that you have to show toxicity reports unintended effects, that's kind of interesting uh, and it's got to be able to d- demonstrate in various different regions that it has the what does what it says on the tin as we say here, so you're looking into you know hundred, hundreds of thousands of uh, pounds just to get your foot through yeah. the door and that's you know so you can't you, you're not going to go there and that's this was a huge problem for trying to get glenn's things over well, here you know i tried to advertise glenn when when glenn mm. and i started mm. having an association mm. on a on a commercial level mm. and i tried to put an ad into the news leaf the biodynamic journal mm. baa mm. and um a couple of them mm-hmm. shot it right down and I understood, and I told them, I'm mm. glad that you paid attention enough mm. to shoot it down because they said this is in direct conflict with their product that keeps the organization alive. Ah, uh, okay. They found a conflict, and what mm. it was, mm. it's a conflict to the preps. Yeah, and, and I, I have to, uh, it's just reminded me that one of the other reasons that I thought Considera could be useful as a publicly available database of research mm-hmm. is that uh, if people were interested in what something does and they couldn't read it on the label because this whole claims issue 
then they could at least go to the publicly available research database, which makes no claims for uh, reality. Just yeah. you know, just ask everyone to not lie and not um, diss everyone else's products. Then, at least you can get to some information, <laughs> yeah. rather than uh, sales claims. Well, or, we yeah. know that crazy guy. He made big claims. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a problem. You know. Well, you know, the amount of plate, uh, problems on his plate was like yeah. you know, spaghetti that was growing all the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was, you know, big claims and, and no proof behind it. And, yeah. And also, from what I understand there, for a while, there were big lies. I mean, you know, that it wasn't biodynamics, it was miracle Grow and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Well, everyone's tried different ways to dodge and weave the legislation and consumer protection, and, and some of that legislation is there for perfectly good reasons. Yes. It's just that... Exactly. You know, um, we definitely have non-toxic products. I think that so. we could be guaranteed. Yeah. yeah, we can drink a couple of pints of this. And yeah. Well, I don't know home. about the neem oil part. But <laughs> yeah, your guts will be squeaky clean. Yeah, yeah, I did wonder about that, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Mm. Well, that's the way he got around it. And, um, you know, he, he actually, because of the base, uh, Dr. Warris's work with the, uh, with the wheat and with the cotton, okay. he, he got his accepted as a commercially viable, uh, you know, uh, acceptable product in Pakistan. As a pest, not I would not say pesticide, mm -hmm, as mm. much as a pest deterrent. Uh, yeah, exactly, and you know that, that uh, we've had discussions about that. And but uh, pesticide is the word that's widely understood to. I know. I used yeah. it, and Hugh corrected me. Well, I, you know, you're both right. right. You're both right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was right because yeah. it doesn't kill; it it's more deters. Yeah, it means the conditions are no longer favourable for them to be there, but it's not like each one gets stabbed with a tiny little knife. Oh, it, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so you know they're both right. One one because it means that the farmers who who are looking for an alternative for their mealy bug on cotton are going to look under the pesticide on the pesticide shelf. So yeah. that's why it's called pesticide. Yeah. But it doesn't kill the pest. Yeah. <laughs> but some. But you know what? I mean, Kim Green in South Australia, he has been doing things like peppering birds. Mm -hmm. He has done so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, he all of his cherry and apple groves would be mm. just complete in orchards mm. would be completely no birds, and then you know his neighbors are just getting mm. wiped out. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, mm. and uh, you know peppering, and then he takes the peppers, puts them out radionically. Mm -hmm. Hello, mm. so <laughs> it's like mm. that's the next level, and and exactly, you know, the the, the whole questions of the nature of reality sort of go along with this product, uh, these projects, these yeah. projects. Yeah, and some people are happy to make the big jump from cultural norm to way out there. And, uh, and then you've got to wonder: is is it the farmer, as Kim there? Is it his intention? Mm -hmm. You know, if mm. he's focusing. I mean, because mm. radionics can be done paper-wise. Yeah. You know, just take your mat and put that homeopathic remedy on the yeah. map. Yeah. I think I think the, the, an interesting thing about homeopathy is that. You know, if you imagine the sort of culturally accepted view of what life, the universe, and everything is as an island, homeopathy isn't far offshore. Mm -hmm. It might even be kind of uh, just a you know a little peninsula, because you're starting from something material, making a tincture. You know, there's there's a laboratory process of getting there. Yeah. Whereas if you're going, in, you know, radionics is is uh, kind of Hawaii, 
and somewhere over there is you know <laughs> Easter Island, <laughs> you know, in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's just intention. Because loads of people have intentions. Yeah. Why does why does someone's you know, I, I would love there to be no Syrian refugees snuffing in the sea. You know, my intention is that that doesn't happen, but it keeps happening. You know, there's there's um, whole questions of how intention works. Exactly. And what's you know what are the variables? Well, I think I think Hugh. Well, Hugh, I don't know if he did so in his book, but mm. certainly in in some of his courses that he teaches, he really can explain this quantum. Mm-hmm. level of mm-hmm. intentionality yeah. and how that does. And and I think one of the best things, which Steiner certainly approached, is setting up the boundaries. See, because when he originally started working with the experiments with the cosmic pipes, with Hieronymus's cosmic pipes, mm-hmm. it didn't work as well as to when suddenly he put the boundary of the maps okay. yeah. very clearly in the yeah. intention. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I would think it's the same with, with agrohomeopathy. Mm-hmm. It's you know, you just it it sort of sets where the energetic's going to land. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then okay, other aspects. You know, we, we de- somewhere in in going offshore, you pass a little boundary called magic, <laughs> and uh, uh, this whole question is a black and white magic. You know, uh, and this is very much to do with intention. The intention is. Is it my will be done or thy will be done? Well, that's the the universal prayer we use. Uh-huh. You know, thy will be done to the highest benefit of all involved. Yeah. For the amount of time appropriate. Okay, that isn't standard laboratory technique. No. That's my point. You know, yeah. uh, that uh, one would need to if if one wants to drag the culture with us to this highly heretic uh, imaginary island and make this the mainland. In fact, then. Uh, the discussion about how intention works, uh, how it can be misused, you know, can they make a, an intention bomb if they can, there'd be an R&D budget. <laughs> uh, you know, what what can you actually, you know, ha- what's the new bloody game in town yeah. that we're playing here yeah. in its good and bad aspects? If Well, I told you about the crazy guy in South Africa yeah. that decides he's going to call it radionic pesticides. Okay. And a psychon- what do you call it? Psionic. Psionic, we said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because when he went and bought his first piece of radionic equipment, yeah. the guy that makes the equipment told me in South yeah. Africa about yeah. this. Yeah. He came in and he brings out this little baby gecko yeah. and puts it in the in the receiving well of the of yeah. the radionic equipment yeah. and puts rat poison in the other side and yeah. starts projecting it on this poor creature. So he's got no moral... Uh... Absolutely no moral scruples. Yeah, yeah, okay. But... Look at what he was working with, substances. Mm. He missed the whole point. Yeah. It's the whole point that we don't treat with substances. Mm-hmm. We treat with energy. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, there's loads of um, people who are familiar with all this, this world that isn't on the academic map. Uh, and although things are expressed in different ways, and it may be Sanskrit, English, it doesn't matter. Uh, one question that would need to be asked of someone like that is, okay, you know, that's a great protocol for what, working out if it works, but what's the uh, what comes back to you if you do something like this and just kind of burn some gecko just to see if it will work? You know, it didn't work. 
Okay, but my point is, you know, in the, in this, in, it is different from just um, uh, a standard physical uh, experiment. Were you the one that said to me the other day, like, today's magic is tomorrow's science? Well, I, I think that, you know, yeah. I think magic is science we don't really understand yet. Exactly. So, uh, you know, if, if you, it's, this is Harry Potter stuff to a lot of people. Or worse, <laughs> at least Harry Potter was fiction. Um, but you know, if if you indulge in this, use using this for your own gain, for money, Dolce and Gabbana boys on your yacht, you know whatever it is. Oh, you mean I can't have them anymore? You can have them, <laughs> but you have to ask them nicely. <laughs> you know whether it comes back on you, and I'm sure you know I. I, I I'm pretty sure that the universe doesn't work that we can just go and fanny around and ever which way to to uh, pump up ourselves. Uh, as tempting as it is, there's no doubt about it, it'd be lovely to uh, be adored by um, exactly who you want to adore you, but there's that bad side if you're going to misuse it, it's going to come back with spin and you better be prepared for that if, you, if that's the game you're going to play. Or at least notice when it's happening, so you learn for the next time. For the next incarnation, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. When you're in the the receiving well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, my more general point is because uh, the science is still what I think is a great way, even though it's limited itself historically in the last fifty years to this material science. Which you know, I think science is superb because it leaves you free. It's, it's out of dogma. But we have to take the scientific population to places that it hasn't is shied away from quite a lot in order to, for this discipline to be accepted and therefore to be um, to help the world not be a polluted place anymore. So uh, you know, I'm still really in for the scientific method and the peer review and the clear thinking and being able to lead people from where they are to what anyone is proposing. Will that move fast enough for the need at this moment? Well, you know, in the meantime, people can crack on. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would say their um, issues of equal importance is not to dominate someone's freedom by just laying your trip on them, whatever, however well-intentioned it is, and repairing the, the planet. Well, I think a lot of what Dr. Warris was they got cut off from getting chemicals. Pesticides, from what I understand, they got quite isolated Pakistan <coughs> and they couldn't import some of the chemicals, so they kind of got forced into the corner. You're right, I hadn't heard that piece. Well, that's what I understood from what he was saying. Okay, that they were, you know, they've had various embargoes, yes, I can imagine, through the years, mm. and um, part of them being pesticides, mm. and so they kind of are forced to sort their own act exactly yeah. mm. to use something that they had available. Okay. Right, I, I haven't and appreciated that. experimentation. Hmm. I had some conversations outside of our... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he was so generous with his time. Yeah, he's a good guy. He was a good guy. Yeah, and um, so, you know, we're right now at the point of necessity. Mm-hmm. If we don't hurry up, that's why I have great... That's why I'm passionate about it. Cause so, um, uh, just as a sort of thought experiment, why don't you just radionically do the globe? There it is. It's hanging up on the light there. <laughs> There's a map. Well, I think we all do when we pray. Yeah. I think that is a form of radionics. Mm-hmm. When we pray for peace. Mm. A friend of mine used to 
joke about how the Pope always said, pray for peace. Mm -hmm. Well, God bless him, because that's like a radionic projection. Mm -hmm. That is a projection. Mm -hmm. Except that how few people have ever even experienced what peace is mm -hmm. to know what they're praying for. Mm. It's easier to expand something once you... Mm. The thing with one of the we just had this course with Enzo Nastati about depollution, pollution remediation, decontamination of soils and waters, and for him it's it's uh, uh, a non-negotiable prerequisite that permissions are uh, um, gathered first. Exactly. Hmm. We that's I mean that's the whole point. When we, for instance, with 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 the field broadcasters. Mm -hmm. We're real clear. You do not treat anybody else's property okay. without their permission. Yeah, okay. And you go within your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I, the only time I've ever made an exception to that was on a couple of citrus growers I know in Florida. Mm -hmm. Because the psyllid, the psyllid is this oh, yeah, insect yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. carries the greening mm -hmm. disease. Well, mm -hmm. they fly in. Mm -hmm. So I actually said, look, go back into your maps and mm -hmm. extend it out 30, 40 feet. Oof. Oh, bad girl, Oof. I know. I've so Stand in the corner. Yes, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Naughty but, steps over there. But, you know, this mm. man, mm. Skip Miller, he's been on the calls with us. Mm. He and he's, um, he had the lowest psyllid count mm -hmm. of any citrus grove in all of Florida. Amazing. And he knows it's from his field broadcaster. He mm. knows it's from the biodynamics. Mm. He, he's been doing the biological, let me, you know, mm. And 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 they noticed it. Mm. Hey man, you got one tree with psyllid where every other mm. grove in Florida is covered over with them. Mm. Mm. Fortunately, when he got into the farming, he'd already had the greening disease in the trees. Oh, that that's, that's that's, stays in the tree, doesn't it? Yeah, and it just takes over. Yeah, so, mm. um, but he was so far ahead. Mm. And then I, and it occurred to me because I'm meditating these things, and I think. Oh yeah, well, why don't you just extend the boundary out a little bit so mm. they don't blow in? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but that's again intention. You're yep. projecting an intention. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sure, because it's the BD formula. I mean, we're mm. projecting BD, you know. So, so this intention thing intrigues me. So, let's say there's a kind of general um, funky warmness towards something that's a sort of terribly unfocused intention. And you've said that setting the boundaries of the map and the area has been another uh, a, a, a leap in efficacy. Well, that's according to Hugh, and we okay. could ask him. But, uh, well, but he I'm, noticed it immediately because yeah. it was kind of like it leached away. Yeah, well, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. My question is, what else will um, boost the efficacy? You know, what are the parameters of intention then? Do you have to be, uh, does your heart have to be bleeding and you're screaming with passion or are you calm and centered? Or, you know, what think, what, what, our, what you are the what rules? What we've always used is Joey Korn's general intention. He's a dowser, mm -hmm. he's just dowsing in it. It's best for the highest good of all. Mm -hmm. So it's not like bleeding heart. It's not mm -hmm. like, yeah, mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, for us, then bended knee pray because mm -hmm. we're so desperate, mm -hmm. either with illness or sadness mm -hmm. or. The soil. Mm. I mean, so many farmers I know right now in Australia, they mm. just, they're going to lose their farms because mm. they've had four years of drought. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And they haven't been able to plant. Mm. And it's unfortunate because every farm in their district's in the same thing. Mm. Mm. And now the banks can't loan them any more money because, mm. you know, 
And there's none left. <laughs> right. And then and then mm. suddenly they'll get a rain event mm-hmm. and and then they'll get these nitrate flushes. Because mm. yeah, yeah. they've been pouring on not yeah. the organic ones obviously. Yeah. But they've been pouring on more and more nitrates really? during the drought time. Really gosh. And then just suddenly the rain comes in and it all flushes out. Yeah. And you know, like that's where, where Enzo's work could become very valuable. Because mm. you got all these salts. There's another kinds of salts that you get. Uh, he's, he is keen, you know. If, if I wish I could get he and you together. I think that would be... It'd be an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. You know, my uh, my old teacher and friend, Sunbear, Native uh, American yeah, medicine yeah, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, I used to teach at his gatherings. Yeah. And traveled around with him a lot. And I haven't he, heard of him for years. What? I haven't heard of Sunbath oh, for years. Oh, he died. He died oh, about 20 years ago. He died right when I went off to Rio for the Earth Summit. So it's over mm. 20 years. Anyway, mm. he um, he used to say, he'd never say anything negative about anybody. Mm-hmm. But when we'd ask him <laughs> about somebody, he'd always say, very interesting. <laughs> I was this is dismissing. That's what I was telling you. When you said interesting, it's sort of like, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering what it would be like between Hugh and Enzo. You know, yeah. I think I think I think Glenn has come to find some respect for Enzo because he's another experimental show me guy. Yeah. And he puts his work out there for uh, appreciation or non appreciation. Uh, I think Enzo's garnered a lot more appreciation than than Glenn has. Maybe I really don't know. Well, doesn't he have a large community of people supporting him? Uh, yeah, but I think you know some pe- pretty fierce opponents. You know, it's not all been smooth and. Uh, oh yeah, well. And, mm, the, mm. and, and those but yes, I mean, he does have a community around him that you know they yeah. have they have uh, uh, the, the Nuova Terra uh, uh, exactly. and Eureka got twenty odd people constantly experimenting. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I would love that for Glenn. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be great. Well, there you yeah. go. I mean, that's that's where yeah. the uh, the R and D well budget he, would have been lovely. He and Peter Bacchus are working on it. They're starting up a university now, and they're yep. starting up. You know, unfortunately for for us, is we're all a little bit older now. Indeed, yeah. And yeah. and mm. we don't necessarily have any nice young students that are because mm. they're in the struggle state that he was in as a farmer and. Oh, yeah. Then was in, you know. Yeah. They're in that state so much that. But but had we all sold uh, our preps and they've done fantastically well with a margin, which you know may be outrageous in relation to the cost of making them, then there would be a pot for Glenn and Peter's university to get yeah. get an accommodation block yeah. and good laboratory equipment and yeah. fields with all the testing equipment they need to show that. The, the, the parameters well, they thought they were going to change did change. I was at Glenn's farm, yeah, which was a kiwi farm, very small, I will mm. say. Mm. But his gardens were mm. just extraordinarily mm. burdened, mm. and Glenn had enough money to pay a gardener. Yeah, in New Zealand, so it wasn't. Oh, okay, yeah, no, he doesn't have to be sort of begging on the street. No. But I mean, that's a far cry from the budget for a university department. Oh, that's true. But yeah. I was only saying that because, mm. you know. He was living proof. Mm. His gardens, the fruition yeah, of his gardens, yeah, were yeah. beautiful. Yeah, well, that that does a lot towards show me, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. you know, and um, so that I mean, you know, it's the fruits you shall know them. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, for me, the thing that's interesting about agronomy is the controlling of pests. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing, because look at the chemicals. Mm. we got to break the chemical cycle, and if we could do that mm. with homeopathy. Yeah, that's, it's a big, you have to be quite brave to not use the chemicals when it's, if it's not your kid's holiday this year, then it might be survival. <laughs> well, if you live on your farm, it also might be your death in 10 years. Yeah. Or your kid's death, or cancer. I mean, we've met so many farm... But those are the balance you make. You know, you're thinking, well, I'm not even going to get, going to get through this year unless I spray my psyllids with whatever they use. Right. Unless there's something to give you confidence that you actually worked, will have... It by the way. Well, I yes. I mean, all the, all the groves are getting... They're cutting down all the, the citrus groves. Yeah. And, and they're replanting them. Mm. So... Well, that, that that's in the other pan of the scales, isn't yeah. it? That, you know, yeah. If a farmer is thinking oh shit look at those little buggers on my crops then yeah. they're going to think well on the left side of the scale is the fact that <laughs> I could get the chemicals but they're probably not going to work and is expensive and I'm pretty sure it's carcinogenic or something like that yeah. but on the other side of the scale is well you know it might work a bit it used to work maybe I you know if I don't do anything we're stuffed unless we got you know the way that agrohomeopathy will spread is when we show we've got a better product yeah, exactly. Mm. And I mean, I have hope for Warris's product. It's just mm. who's going to prove it. Yeah, well, once, once... I mean, he tells us about all these huge cotton farms, but mm. I don't know it. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's even a guy in Kana, which is the grain-growing area, yep. who, who has a thing called SOS, Swiss Organic Spray, which I'm pretty sure will have uh, the BD stuff at the basis of it. He reckons he's got 100,000 farmers Wonderful. Well, uh, the same thing with the the, the Dr. Warris, you know. One of us needs to go there. Farmers in India, one Probably, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, that's it's fine. the smallholder guys. Wow. Yeah, and um, wow. Uh, so uh, there's there's lots to investigate. You know, if 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 we add our, uh, you know, we're, we're all doing other things to keep the bread on the table and get yeah. the kids to school. That's great, but you know, maybe. When when you you fully retired and your what? Dolce and Gabbana boys can carry your uh, thing on your shoulders, <laughs> uh, strewing petals before you, and you can go oh, see some of these. Oh, good God, Ben! We're just going month to month still, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as, as, as Hugh bemoaned, the, the agriculture, although it's the basis of everything, because we've got to eat financially. It's food is cheap, which is great because even poor people need to eat. But it, it means there isn't, in one way, isn't valued as it should be. So that there are, you know, farm, farmers who work successfully should be doing pretty well. Well, then, but beyond that, just that whole basis of biodynamics, which is, I mean, the consciousness of people mm. being so profoundly affected by this kind of food that we're feeding them. Mm-hmm. That's really where we got to start looking. I mean, people would accept homeopathy if their consciousness was on a level that had an energetic, do you know what I mean? An energetic basis to them. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree, and part of me is reluctant because I'm my my own uh, range of perceptions are pretty uncosmic, <laughs> maybe due yeah, to Mars bars and Doritos. I do. But how come I'm not seeing it all? You know, I, I can see a good-looking piece of land, but I, I can't determine just from the immediate faculties I've got whether that's genuine health or a little bit of a veneer. Um, oh yeah, but you're not in the field that Hugh is. Hugh sees farms all the time, so he yeah, he sees yeah. these soil tests and 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'm really interested well, in is what he's, these conversations about nitrogen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, nitrogen and consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that is, I don't understand it, but he does, mm-hmm. about how profoundly that nitrogen affects consciousness. That nitrogen is the carrier of mm-hmm. consciousness. Mm-hmm. And coming from just infinite flow of nitrogen in, mm-hmm. It, it you know is this mm. the carrier of psychic abilities is this the mm. um you know and then when we adulterate it mm. and make it into nitrates mm. talking about yeah you know black that, magic and white magic well i've read yes <laughs> you know personally just speaking for myself having read that stuff it hasn't gone clunk into my reality it's you know i read it from someone i really respect and others say it but it isn't something that's, you know, I can't really say in what way nitrogen is the carrier of astrality and consciousness. I kind of get it intellectually. I can repeat it, but yeah. it hasn't gone. Exactly. Aha. Yeah. Now exactly. I've got it. Um, and you know that can't come too soon. Well, now that Pluto's come back as a planet. <laughs> oh, has it been re-elected? I think so. Right. Something. It's, it's being at least mentioned. Has it got a PR firm? I hope it do that. <laughs> How did it get that? <laughs> and I want to say it's ninety percent nitrogen or something. Okay. Something just like, like mm. you know. It's, so, it's, but it's a list again. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't. I can't tell you that right. for sure. It's just okay. that there's been a lot of conversation about it again. Uh-huh. It was interesting because um, we went. She was speaking at Sally Fallon's conference mm-hmm. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. The big, you know. Uh, ferment well not ferment anyway mm. and um, before we went there this guy in Austin was interviewing he was a radio station mm-hmm. and he says uh, doesn't I've forgotten I'd have to ask you like the weight of nitrogen that we all sit under all the time uh-huh. and the atmospheric pressure of that's right a real weight 78% nitrogen something like that but Q what's the weight of nitrogen on us Oh, it's going to be. Well, anyway, seventy-five point seven five atmospheres. I, guess. I think it was sixty-three tons or something. Okay. But but was so interesting. No wonder the, I'm tired. For the first time <laughs> in my life, because all those years I'd walk by Hughes Farm, mm. and I say your soil looks so beautiful, and always say and the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, atmosphere is this vague, mm-hmm. vigui, I call it vague. <laughs> thing you know it's like not even a thing you know mm-hmm. there's no relativity just a space, yeah. to physicality mm-hmm. and when he said the weight of suddenly atmosphere had physicality for me okay you see mm-hmm. and and yet but listening and beginning to understand about processes mm-hmm. as 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 Dennis Klochek calls them mm-hmm. and and then Hugh talks about organizational forces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when I interviewed him, like in two thousand and three, organizational forces. What in the world are you talking about? Have you got it now? What? Do you yeah, get it now? I do. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of listening. Dennis helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, but then the um, anthroposophical medical lectures mm-hmm. that really helped me. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Mm. That, uh, the understanding. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm sorry to wander all over, but how often do we get to sit down and talk? Mm, yeah, yeah. You know? Not very often. First time. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. yeah. How, 
how did you find the the research? You did a research paper at the biodynamic conference. One. The American one or this? The American no. one. No, no, I was just there as a punter. There was a sort of research gathering beforehand. Yeah. Uh, uh, and at the time, I was just floating the idea of consider it for them uh, um, to get the um, the Americans familiar with it, or yep. for me to hear back from them. Have you sent any articles to their journal? Or nope. You should. I mean, it's almost could like do. you got to promote this. To yeah. I could do. I, I would. Mm. I would. I'll tell you. I, I really would like you to see some articles in Acres. Mm-hmm. If I was a writer, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not a writer. You write a lot, don't you? Not really. I've written some articles, mm-hmm. and actually, I, I've written articles without you editing them. But and all these psychics all my life is saying, "When are you going to write this book? When are you write this book?" You know, and mm. I better hurry up because all the stories are disappearing. <laughs> um, mm. You know, it won't be a. <laughs> Anyway, but no, not like he is. I mean, he's mm. a craftsman. Mm. There was like 12 edits on that book. Mm. Which, by the way, most of that book now is the resource manual for BAA. Oh, really? Including radionics. So uh, did that uh, go through on the nod? Or <laughs> no, no, the board voted it in. They okay. paid him to write their new resource manual, uh-huh. which John Priestley had been calling for for dozens of years. Mm-hmm. And, but it's part A and part B, part one and part two. So there's so another the part one coming. Two, no, the part two, they're, they're out. They're mm-hmm. they're in there for members, mm-hmm. and the part two is pretty much the quantum side of it. Okay. So, mm. well, Hugh, what is the weight of nitrogen on sitting on top of us all the time? I'm sure he's eating. Well, it's about fourteen, fifteen hundred pounds per square foot. Fifteen hundred pounds per square foot. Something mm. like that. Good God. Mm. Yeah. That's physical. Depends on how high above sea level you are. Mm. Oh, while you're here, because I brought it up, um, the question is, why, what, how, what did you notice when you boundaried your farm maps? Because we're talking about intentionality. Yeah. And how does it affect homeopathic treatment, for instance? Well, how about coming and sitting down with us? It's like having... Come over here, please. Founding it made it resonate within the boundaries. Whereas... Sit down and talk in front of the mic, okay, baby? When we... uh, Back in the early days of doing field broadcasters, we just put them in. And Harvey had a sense that you could douse to find where, you know, the effects more or less could be detected and then uh, sort of tapered off to where you wouldn't see much of them anymore. And so we tested these things in a variety of ways and found that the energy sort of dissipated at various distances away from the field broadcaster. Some of the uh, preparation combinations that we put in the field broadcasters made uh, a stronger influence than others. But when we started to put boundaries on it, 
and we found actually that the radius of effectiveness of the field broadcaster went up about tenfold or more. Hmm. And we thought that was, not only that, I saw on my farm, I saw up near the field broadcaster, things like okra that grew much taller near the field broadcaster would just taper off as it got further away from the field broadcaster within, say, just a few yards. Mm-hmm. You'd see, you'd see a, a, but after putting boundaries around the area that it was broadcast to, it didn't taper off at all. Mm-hmm. It, it was like it evened out the effect. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like uh, without any boundaries, it didn't resonate. Mm-hmm. But with the boundaries, it resonated as a single unit. Mm-hmm. So it really had a, a much more profound effect in terms of of what hmm. I mean, you know. This, this part of the question was, you know, what are the parameters of making intention effective, given that there's different intentions around the world uh, competing? Uh, what makes an intention effective? So bound, bounding is one. Well, boundaries, definitely. Without boundaries, then just not much of anything else occurs. Mm. You see it in a lot of things. Without a boundary, mm. and I think this is why uh, Steiner emphasized so much that we needed to treat each farm as though it was a living organism. Mm-hmm. A living organism, you wouldn't be alive without your skin, or at least not for very long. Mm. And... Uh, no organism would be. I mean, that's where he pointed out it is of the greatest significance that living organisms have an inside and an outside. Mm-hmm. Without that skin, cell wall, the bark on the tree, anything else like that, you don't have... Uh, the silica matrix of, matrix of you, our planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have you know? that... Uh, that integrity, I'm not sure what to call it, uh, you have to have a boundary. Mm-hmm. So, God, could you just excuse all me? I can say is it made a whole lot of difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it anymore without uh, 